Hello, everybody, and welcome to Synchronous, a video game zeitgeist show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today on the show, we are continuing our run of Synchronous, uh, talking about games that we have played this year, games that came out this year, maybe, uh, and also having guests on the show to talk about the games that they've played and loved. With us today is Kim and I's very good friend, uh, writer, dungeon master, uh, co-creator of Frog of the Week, cat parent, Jill. Hey, Jill. Hi. Jill. Hello. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to have you here today uh, to talk about video games. Kim. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. Sorry, my Tamagotchi just beeped. <laughs> I'm sorry. Perfect. Let's talk I'm about the Tamagotchi. Sorry. I have we a Tamagotchi. We need to talk about that. <laughs> Clear our schedule. Yeah. Tell us about the Tamagotchi, Jill. Eric got me a Tamagotchi for our anniversary. I've never had a Tamagotchi oh, before. Oh, shit. Um, I never had them when I was a kid. Did you asked for it, right? Because I feel like... No. Oh, no. Gift- <laughs> I feel like gifting someone a Tamagotchi is like, hey, here's responsibility. I hope well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever I mean, wanted to be a full-time parent? <laughs> I mean, I already am to Zelda, but... Sure. That's true. Um, no, it's like a it's themed after a show we both re- like I really enjoy. So mm. he got me that and a, a nice blanket. And I was oh. like, I've never had a Tamagotchi before. I wanted one when I was a kid. Yeah. But, you know, of course, they were banned when we were in school. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they make noise. And right. They're distracting. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Require constant care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to you have to feed your little guy. But it is a lot of fun. But it makes like these little beepy noises. And right. Zelda is always like. What is that? that (laughs) So that's funny. Do you I forget. Do you name your Tamagotchi? Does it come with a name? So again, this one's like based off a TV show. So it is. Oh, it's like a character. It's got the characters from the show. So like, which is really nice. And you can evolve them into different characters depending on like if you got a perfect score on enough of the little mini games or if you feed them enough snacks. Nice. Like they turn into a different character. It's very cool. Uh, But it is too involved for me to get my favorite character because you have to get, have oh to get 10 plus perfect scores on every mini game Jesus. feed them 30 snacks and keep them completely happy like for 24 hours i'm like that there's no so fucking hard way. who has the time yeah exactly yeah. it's just for me it's like a fun little like oh there's something beeping i'm just gonna go check on that instead of yeah. like constantly staring at my little guy i love that I myself also never had a Tamagotchi. My my older siblings did. So that was kind of really my only experience. I had like reset a couple of my brother's older ones because mm-hmm. I like I've said on the show before, they're eight, 10 and 12 years older than me, my siblings. So it's like those Tamagotchi were long dead if we didn't reset the Tamagotchi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Kim, did you have a Tamagotchi as a kid or? I did. Yeah. So uh, my sister always knew what the hot new toy was and oh. always wanted it. Yeah. And so and I was three years younger. So like anytime something new came out, she had to have it. And so I also got it because <laughs> um, my my parents were uh, equitable like that. Um, <laughs> well, that's nice. So we did. We, we had Tamagotchis. I don't remember what happened with them. Mm. Like I, I know that we were not allowed to bring them to school. I think maybe my sister made my mom take hers to work. I don't recall doing that, but I might have. But like, regardless, I mean, those things died. I don't know that yeah. I ever actually like got to send one to heaven or whatever happens when you like, <laughs> you know, yeah. win the game or whatever. It is kind of like that, though. I think they like go they like because they're little aliens and they like yeah. go back to their home planet. I think so. Actually, sort of like like going to the heavy side layer. <laughs> 
Well, that's the show, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Kim, because Eric was scrolling on TikTok earlier and I heard like a snippet of Mr. Mistopheles Mm -hmm. and I'm like turning my head like, hello, Uh, (laughs) what are you doing? I was going to talk a little more about uh, Tamagotchi, but I think maybe this now that we've uh, started (laughs) going into uh, Cats, the musical talk, maybe we just transition now into Kim, what you've changed in our notes um, from horse shit, where you talk about the game uh, Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch, mm-hmm. you've changed it to cat shit. Now, there um, is a game yeah. called Cat Tales for the Nintendo Switch. There is a game called Cat Tales there we did is. talk about on the episode yeah. with, with Scout. Yeah, Scout. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I've been thinking about that one. So uh, I didn't play any Horse Tales this week. Mm-hmm. The only game that I played is uh, one of our main dish games, yes. Stray. Yes. Um, and so... I spent, listen, I'm going to tell you, I spent a lot of time thinking about how to incorporate horses <laughs> into a discussion of Stray. Yeah. And even I have my limits. And so I was unable to do that. Sure. So we're a little light on bullshit this week. But I, as I said, it is the cat shit. And um, I brought up the heavy side layer because I have cats on my mind. Yeah. I wanted to have a debate about whether... <laughs> We think the cat from Stray is Jellicle. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So um, for those who are perhaps unfamiliar, um, <laughs> which Jellicle is a term. <laughs> <laughs> Jellicle is a term uh, coined by T.S. Eliot in uh, his poetry book, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which mm-hmm. then went on to inspire the musical uh, by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Cats, uh, mm-hmm. which then went on to inspire uh, the 2019 film Cats, which was an unmitigated disaster and my favorite <laughs> film of all time. And, um, <laughs> and it's that time of year, you know, like I saw it just around yes. Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's when it came movie. out. It is a Christmas movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jellicle is is a term that uh, we now use in the TWG extended universe to describe, I think, uh, just an essence of campiness that can only be found well i guess not only found but um it is found most prominently in cats 2019 and so i wanted to talk about this cat in the context of that a framework right um and i just i, I want to get do you either of you have like gut feelings about whether or not this cat is jellical i mean so if we're going by it being camp i don't think this cat is Jellicle, but if yeah. we're going by, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Jellicle mm-hmm. underscore cats right now. Sure. You know, it is a yeah. the original term means dear little cats, and mm-hmm. I do think that this is a dear little cat, but I do not think it is a camp cat. Okay. What do you think, AJ? <sighs> yeah, I think I think I agree that it is a dear little cat, but mm-hmm. Oh, clarify something for me, Kim. Is a jellical sure. is a jellical cat only the one that ends up being the jellical choice and going to the heavy no. side layer? Okay, no, all, all the cats. cats at the ball, all the cats at the jellical ball are jellical cats. Then I think there's room for the stray cat amongst the mm-hmm. jellical cats. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's fair because the stray cat does have like it's a thing. Yeah, it's got an energy. Well, and it's got like a thing that makes it like a very distinct cat like in cats you've got the railway cat you've got right. the magical mm-hmm. cat you've got the crime mm-hmm. cat you got the ai backpack cat yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so this is what i wanted to discuss is i think when you look at the stray cat it does a lot of just like normal cat things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scratches on rugs and and furniture 
takes naps. Pretty standard cat. Very cat. But then it has a little backpack with an AI robot in it. Yeah. But does that make the AI robot thing that is Jellicle or is it the cat that is Jellicle? Jill, what a question. <laughs> well, but here's the, th- here's the thing, too. There are parts of the game where you don't have the backpack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I would categorize this cat. Categorize. Sans, nice. Sans backpack <laughs> as a super genius mm-hmm. it is, which a, very I, it is a very smart cat which i think which i think would give it enough of a thing on its own without the ai backpack mm-hmm. okay it is a very smart cat extremely smart cat. <laughs> incredibly um, very smart cat can i can i throw something at you which is i'd like to discuss the lyrics of jellical <laughs> songs for jellical cats <laughs> yes of course <laughs> See, AJ is over here like, oh God, why do we have to keep talking about this? I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. And every time Kim talks about cats. Listen, I ran out of ideas this week, okay? Every time Kim talks about cats, I'm just like, head in my hands, like staring lovingly into Kim's eyes. Like, please continue to talk about cats. I'm just thinking about me on this upcoming Wednesday, having to search, you know, Jellicle Cats song and then having to (laughs) slot that into the episode here. I love to create work for you. <laughs> <laughs> so some of some of these lyrics, I mean, the the fun thing about Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats is all about it's like, how do you know if you're a Jellicle cat? Mm-hmm. And so let, let's go through. This is the first verse. Are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Dare you look at a king? Would you sit on his throne? Can you say of your bite that it's worse than your bark? Are you cock of the walk when you're walking alone? And then the chorus is is basically like Jellicles are and do and can do all of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. These are largely just things that cats do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would posit perhaps that all cats are Jellical cats. Perhaps, perhaps all cats are Jellical. Especially if they have a little AI in a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I think a lot of the time when this question is posed, like, is so and so character Jellical? In the TWG extended universe, as you implied mm-hmm. earlier, it's like Fire Emblem characters or like, you know, uh, human characters who mm-hmm. we, are, we are trying to decide whether or not they would be Jellicle, which I guess now, like, I, I agree that that I think basically all cats are Jellicle because they all do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, railways. Yeah, they all are on the railways. Going to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's the thing, though, is like, I feel like, you know, all cats are well, it's like a rectangle square situation because not all of the cats can go to the ball. So I feel like when we say like, yes, all cats may have jellicle traits, but are they invited to the, to the jellicle ball? To the jellicle oh. ball? Can they have that opportunity to go to the heavy side layer, or are they not jellicle enough? There's got to be like a sliding scale of jellicle. Oh, yeah. I see. You're you're proposing that there's there's like a spectrum. A spectrum. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, isn't there? Aren't there like the thief cats who weren't invited to the ball? Ball, uh, yeah, uh, um, Rumple Teaser and the other one, Mungo Jerry. Uh, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Those are they're they're jellical. Yeah, they're yeah. jellical. Yeah, okay. they're at the ball. Here's the thing. This is where we get into like the movie lore, which is different mm-hmm. from oh. from the the musical lore. <sighs> um, they tried to put a, a plot in there, which is yes. a mistake. <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> um, but yeah, they tried to put a plot in there. So there are like evil cats who kidnap old deuteronomy who are maybe i mean that part is sort of in 
the musical, but they flesh it out a lot more. Mm. I watched the VHS a lot as a kid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The only version of Cats I've seen is unfortunately the one that was released a few years ago. Honestly, you don't you don't really need to see the other one. (laughs) It's I tried to watch it a few years ago again, and I was like, this is so fucking long. Um, (laughs) It's long and it's so many cats. But yeah, there are in the movie evil cats who are like not invited to the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I feel like we've sort of come full circle here into um, not only is the stray cat jellical, but maybe all cats are jellical. Mm-hmm. Any any final thoughts? No, I I kind of like that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I feel like that's a that's a clean a clean kind of bow on this. And like I said before, like like trying to to determine whether like humans, human characters are jellical is really just determining like, would they be a good cat? Yeah, you know? I definitely agree. I think I feel like it's a different conversation when it's a cat character versus a human character, mm-hmm. as AJ said. This has been really insightful. And I want to yeah. thank you both for joining me uh, on this this philosophical discussion. This and really was so a great, welcome. <laughs> this really was a great uh, conversation here. And I and I hope that all of you listening take this into this philosophy into your daily life. Lives. I hope you uh, mm-hmm. uh, appreciate and praise your cats and tell them that they're the jellical choice. They're mm-hmm. your jellical choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just can't believe the prize of the cats thing is that they get to die. <laughs> yeah, they get I mean, to die. Well, if and you be think reborn. about like cats having nine lives, maybe they're just sick and tired of it. They're just sick and tired. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, Grizabella um, sure was for sure. That poor lady. <laughs> deserve better kim thank you so much as always uh <laughs> you're so welcome can you tell i put almost no effort into this one <laughs> it was the perfect amount of effort kim uh, you don't you don't have to put in like a research paper's worth of effort every time you, I, you listen, come up with the bullshit sometimes i always try but sometimes sometimes it's just not coming <laughs> that's really okay because i don't know if you'll remember when we started adding this segment it was just a thing you did unprompted so like yeah yeah however much effort you want or don't want to put in is the correct amount kim just has <laughs> an insane commitment to the bit yes and i appreciate yeah. that thanks joe i appreciate so that welcome. uh speaking of commitment to the bit i'm committing to a video game currently um wow congratulations <laughs> So uh, the game that I want to talk about first today is uh, it's called Neptune's Pride, and it's a game that I've heard people online talk about it ambiently um, back and forth as just like a thing that existed that I knew was like a really complicated, like kind of board game based in your browser um, that everything happens in real time. So games take like two weeks at least. Whoa. <laughs> um, uh, and basically what the game is, is kind of like a big game of... I don't know. I guess it's it's risk more or less like you're you're trying to get stars because it takes place in space. So you're trying to get stars. And then once somebody reaches whatever threshold you set, I think the game I'm in right now is like 83. Like once somebody hits 83 stars, they win. Game over. Congratulations. But the the thing that is so interesting about this game is that it's all or I guess it can be the way that we're playing it. I'm playing it with some people in the worst garbage discord. Hello, if you're listening, um, I'm not going to tell you who I am because it's all anonymous. Nobody knows who any of the other players are. You know, we know that there are nine of us in this game total. There are nine different factions, but everybody has a a name, a persona, whatever that they put on. And you can only communicate with other players basically via, you know, a messaging kind of email situation like in within the app, within the browser site, whatever. So I want to talk about my character, but I'm not going to because that will give away who (laughs) I am. (laughs) 
So there are people, you know, there, there are people that I've interacted with. I haven't inter- interacted with everyone, but there are some people I've interacted with where I think the biggest thing is we started the game and like 20 minutes into the game, there was a, a message sent to everyone. Everyone in the, in the game got the message. We were all CC'd on it. We could all see from a, <laughs> a character named Raxar Prime, uh, spelled P-R-X-M-E uh, oh, in wow. all caps. And it said, you have made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like if you think you're gonna take out Raxar Prime, there's absolutely no way I will destroy you all. I'm aiming for galactic conquest. Oh my god! It's the first like half hour of this game being live, um, and that really has set the tone for the whole yeah the whole thing. And so, like I said earlier, everything happens in real time, and you have you start off with like eight to ten stars like in your little area that you can travel to. You can buy like transport ships, and then. On each planet, you can have economy, industry, and science. And economy is basically how much money you get every 24 hours. Like, once a 24-hour time hits, I think ours is like 5.35 or something Eastern time. We all get X amount of money based on how much, uh, how many places we have with whatever level of economy. The industry basically will build a certain amount of, like, little ships every hour. And then science is how quickly you can learn new things like you can make your it basically makes other parts of the game better so like you can have like two economy but if you have if you have a a level two in banking that makes your economy more effective (laughs) so there's like there are layers to it and there are systems and influencing systems and stuff like that it's very cool um this sounds like my type of game like i am literally like i I really even have been trying to play this uh, immediately (laughs) i i was gonna say aj this sounds a lot like an anonymized board game version of the text-based D&D campaign you and I are yes. in right now. Kind of. Um, which I, I would like to talk more about later. <laughs> Please, <laughs> but, can we talk about yeah, D&D? Uh, I would love yeah. to. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's very diplomatic in that way. There are a lot of like politics going on that we're all just kind of mm-hmm. making up on the fly. It's just very fun. But everything happens in real time. The point I'm trying to get to is that when you're like sending a transport ship full of like i want to send 20 ships to like another star whatever that takes anywhere from like six to 18 hours depending on how far apart these stars are and everything happens like that so like when you're upgrading your banking or you're upgrading your terraforming or your hyperspace range whatever all this stuff takes extended periods of time so it's really like you check in once a day at the 24 hour you know mark to spend your money wherever you want to do it send whatever messages back and forth you might want to send to other people of like hey maybe we ally against this person or hey just want to let you know that i'm like here if you need anything i'll send you some money whatever because you can share money and you can share research so like if i have a level one weapon and a level two banking but somebody I'm talking to has a level two weapons and a level one banking, we could like exchange those resources. So then we would both have level two weapons and level two banking because we sent it to each other and it's kind of a diplomatic, you know, exchange. And that's as far as I've gotten into the game now. I think we're approaching a week or maybe we just passed a week and we have or I have not uh, experienced any combat yet, which I guess will also will, will kind of narrow down who I am um, <laughs> to anybody <laughs> listening. But I don't really know how the combat system works, but I know it's it depends on how many ships you have on a star that's getting attacked and it depends on your weapon level. Um, so, so very risk. So very risk. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's basically just like space risk where everything takes 10 hours at least. <laughs> oh, my God. This is like my platonic ideal of a game. <laughs> it's really, really fun. And I've had I've I, like I said, I've heard people talk about it over the last few years. And I was like, this sounds like something I would really be into. But 
getting the chance to join this game. Ben, thank you for organizing it. Has really been a joy over the last week. And I, I've been so having cool. a, a delightful time. Ben actually just sent a message today that said we're halfway through. So I guess <laughs> stuff's about to happen. I don't know. Because it's, it's all been a very slow burn and everything happens so slow that like if you're not individually checking in with every other faction and like how many stars they have because you can see who own who's own who owns what stars and stuff but it doesn't tell you like oh this person just lost a battle to this person or this person just like gained whatever you just have to kind of like look at the map every time you're there and be like oh i think there's a couple more like light blue ticks over here and a couple less green ones or whatever um so i think this person has is like started a war against this other person and it's just it's just like very fun and it's 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 a great time um and something i said in our little we have a, a, a you know a group chat in the discord something i said in our in that chat is like because everything happens so slowly and because you kind of really have no idea what anybody else is doing, it looks like at all times that everybody knows what's happening, <laughs> which I know is not the case because that's not the case with me. Um, mm -hmm. But like it looks like everybody has a strategy or like has, you know, ha has a, an angle that they're trying to go for. And it's just like so much fun to see that stuff. Uh, and and I'm having a delightful time with it and i i can't wait to play more i can't once this game is over i'm absolutely going to play more of it with with other friends uh jill and kim please please <laughs> we can I maybe would, get yeah i'm intrigued yeah. i would yeah love to this literally sounds like my dream <laughs> yeah and it's it's a great time and then also it's like on top of everything on top of all these systems that like have a lot of math in them there's there's like humans behind it so it's like you can't really determine what a person is going to do so it doesn't really matter like how your stats are doing it's just like like because anything could change at any time like you could be backstabbed or like secretly there's been an, a, a, a trifecta forming that you didn't know about this whole time and then all of a sudden they're sweeping the entire galaxy i imagine is a thing that could probably happen um but it's 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 wild and i'm having such a fun time so that's neptune's pride it's on browser and then there's like a browser app on your phone that you can like set the the bookmark on your on your phone oh, nice. uh, and it functions really good on on both mobile and browser i just like looking at it more on browser because there's a lot of words and stuff it's great wow that yeah. sounds incredible That's really cool <laughs> yeah kim you wanted to talk about our D, &D game <laughs> Yeah, just briefly, just because it this reminded me of it a lot. And it's actually genuinely something that I've been putting a lot of time into that I would otherwise be playing video games. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously having Jill here for it, it just seemed so appropriate. Um, Jill is a professional DM mm -hmm. and Jill is the reason that we're all friends because yeah. Jill was running uh, like one to five level campaign uh humblewood which was like sort of a what is it hit hit point hit point press? press yeah yeah and aj and i both played in it and that's how we became close and that's how yeah. all of us uh it's literally how like everything started, started. Week. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so i was like oh my god it's perfect um but yeah so this campaign is uh my my best friend molly who i talk about all the time hi molly um hi molly, hi molly. <laughs> um <laughs> she started it while she was on maternity leave because she was like i don't i can't like commit to D, &D sessions but i want to keep playing <laughs> um and so she started this discord campaign everything is text-based um and it's sort of like an intrigue uh pvp is on the table sort of political jill's like your oh, face god <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's very it's very cool it's very fun um my character is elias he is a 
paladin um, who has just had such a time. Um, and I can't say too much because I don't want anyone listening to know all of the the fuckery that's been going on. Yeah. Um, Classic paladin. Including AJ. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but yeah. you can DM me later. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you later, Jill. I'll t- Jill, I have so many thoughts about paladins. This is my first paladin. I know <gasps> paladin's your favorite class. It is. I have so much to say about paladins now. <laughs> so many opinions. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's such an interesting way to play because obviously generally in D&D, the party is like the operative unit kind of. So to kind of have each character sort of isolated, like we have every, I don't know, four to six weeks, like a an event that involves all of the characters. But for the most part, otherwise, you, you have a ton of downtime to just like do whatever your character wants to do, which can be like hanging out with NPCs, hanging out with other PCs, um, largely like getting into all kinds of like nonsense. Um, there are like side quests um, <laughs> and it is it's such a fun way to play. Play. It has gotten in my brain in a way that is like it has its claws so deep in my mind and my psyche. I am thinking about it constantly um, in a way that may be unhealthy. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it, it. it's just a very fun and interesting take on D&D, which is such a, you know, in many ways, malleable system and in many ways, like mm-hmm. difficult to wrap around other mm-hmm. play styles. But it, shout outs to Molly for making something like extremely cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I used to do a lot of not D&D, but back in ye olden days <clears throat> of my TTRPG playing, uh, I started with a hell system called Pokemon Tabletop Adventures. Oh. And its counterpart, Pokemon Tabletop United. Because, you know, we were both, we were all like, what, it was 2012-ish, and we were like, oh man, I love Pokemon, but I wish you could like, do anything you wanted <laughs> and this game was like yeah why don't you just like make your own region and like go hog wild and we're like okay That's yeah so let's cool. do that <laughs> and it was great the thing is characters have stats and every mm. single pokemon has stats mm. and so the math involved a lot of math was so much but some very kind people made like autofill google sheets which helped a little bit but like didn't help like <laughs> enough yeah. <laughs> uh, but we used to, I used to do like forum based, so like text based TTRPG play with that Pokemon thing because it worked so well for that. Because, you know, with mm-hmm. all the math involved, it was like, well, okay, I can make a post and then do the math and come back like <laughs> two hours later and it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have like seen a lot of folks talk about like play by posts lately and I'm like, damn, I miss that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Um, even like non TTRPG play by posts, like role playing is like basically where I got my start. Yeah. And I miss it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's great. That's it's also kind of where I got my start. Like I've I've mentioned before, I don't know if it was on this podcast, but on podcasts, I think um, that like when I started playing TTRPGs, it was just like my friend Pete saying like, hey, here is this world and this is the guy you're fighting. What do you do? And it's like, you know, there's no rules or whatever. And Mm -hmm. we were just like sitting in history class in sixth grade, just like speaking at each other like I do this thing and whatever. And then that for me, like spiraled into forum play by post stuff, um, which was all I don't think there was systems. And if there was, I was not paying attention. It was just like (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was just text RP stuff, Mm -hmm. which was great. Uh, And it it was so much fun. And then that was, you know, 
2006, 2007, and I had not done it until there was a game jill that we played last year uh that we had a bit of it's kind of play by post but it was kind of just like we're doing scenes outside of you know yes i was like oh god what game what game is aj talking about (laughs) i've played so many (laughs) yes sorry so so in that we had like you know before we actually had our first session we would have we all had scenes together and then between sessions we would all do scenes and stuff and that was that was awesome i had such a great time doing that and we're doing that now for Spelljammer too yes which is also very fun but that stuff is like basically still just like text rp stuff mm-hmm. whereas you know molly's game is at, we're playing D right. via text so like there are dice rolls and there's combat and there is all that stuff yeah happening. so you probably have like what avray or something in there yeah we got avray we also just have people sending dice rolls from whatever yeah, I, app yeah I, I roll uh i roll physical dice most of the time Ooh. for that campaign actually wow. uh, it's just you know uh, uh honor system yeah yeah i I abide by um but or does she i do (laughs) (laughs) trust me i i have had such bad luck (laughs) like long strings of terrible luck in this game um that i i don't know why i would make up all the sevens that i rolled (laughs) yeah uh but yeah it's 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 so much fun to to be in this game. And like Kim said, we all have every four to six weeks, we'll all come together. But these like little side conversations that are like, you know, Kim and I have a private chat with our characters and Molly because mm-hmm. she's the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I also have private chats with other players and stuff. And we play out these scenes and we do stuff and it influences the scenes where we are all together. And it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute. What's happening between these two characters? Why do they hate each other all of a sudden? what did i miss and it's just so much fun and <laughs> it makes you're talking about yeah and it makes the world feel so alive and it's like a because molly made a great world that's fun to be in but b because we have all of these really creative people in this server just like making their own stories and influencing like the city mm-hmm. that we're in and stuff it's just so 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 fun yeah the world feels very alive yeah and i think that i have not done text rp before mm. and it is like just a completely different game totally i feel different. like than yeah than than in person because like i i don't know about you i spend so long crafting these messages oh yeah <laughs> um, trust me that, i get uh, it <laughs> actually the other day aj um a week ago there was a conversation that i had with two other players where molly mm. was like do you guys want to actually do this one like over zoom because it oh. might make sense whatever and we were all like no <laughs> um, <laughs> mainly because nobody had figured out what their characters voices sounded like oh but i was also like i like i feel like i need time to think about my messages sure. now well that's the thing too with the world it's so diplomatic and there are so many like mm-hmm. political angles that you have to think about all the time and like especially with the character i purposely made for that reason like i made her very analytical and very like she she's very aware of things that are happening at all times uh in a lot of ways and like if i had to do stuff on the fly there's no way i could role play that (laughs) you know yeah yeah no i mean the one of the first DD campaigns i ran with strangers Mm. uh which is how i met scout and bolt oh Um, wow I know. Well, Bolt and I were Tumblr mutuals for a while, but that's that's how we met Scout and several other friends. Like we played on Roll Twenty, and we had like live sessions, but nobody talked. Mm. Like we just played via text, 
Uh, Partly because like I was living with my parents at the time and I was like, okay, I don't want to like, I want to be able to do this while like they're doing whatever and not feel like I have to bother anybody. My parents can't know I'm a nerd. (laughs) My parents can't know I'm talking to strangers on the internet, even though I'm a full ass adult. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, you know, we would, we would play via text. We would log on at the same time on Roll20 and we would have like full sessions, but everybody would be talking via text. And it was like a discussion when we decided to do our next campaign of like, now that we've been playing together for two years, are we more comfortable with each other? Do we want to be on voice chat? Mm -hmm. Do we want to do just text? Because like everybody was really able to kind of think about character responses and, and things like that. Yeah. And eventually we started like with a transition of like, okay, well, everything role play we can do over text, but with combat, it's a lot faster if mm. you do it live, which is why I think mm. like doing a play by post where it's very political and things like that, that makes a lot more sense because you don't need a lot of, you don't need a quick pace for that. Whereas right. with combat, it's like, if you do, if you take too long between your turns, it gets agonizing. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we decided, OK, well, we'll do text based for role play and then we'll do like voice chat for combat. And eventually we just kind of switched over to voice chat fully. But it was it was a lot of fun. And it was a really good way for all of us who were like very unfamiliar with each other, who were all mm-hmm. basically brand new to D&D for the most part, like mm-hmm. to kind of get our feet wet and like get comfortable with each other and get comfortable with the game, like without the pressure of like having to perform for someone. Yeah. Yeah. You were also new to D and D at this time. Mm hmm. Wow. So I'd been playing, like I said, I've been playing Pokemon tabletop and call of Cthulhu for a few years at that point. Um, and then because I don't do anything, uh, the smart way, <laughs> I listened to one D and D podcast, joined one D and D group, uh, with some friends. And then immediate was like, all right, cool. I'm going to run two com- campaigns, one with complete strangers and one that is an entire homebrew ro- world that I made up myself. <laughs> Literally, like, not even six months after starting to play. I'm like, I'm going to run my own 1 to 20 campaign. Surely that's <laughs> not going to, like, surely that'll be easy. It'll be done in a year. It took us four years to finish that <laughs> campaign. That's so funny. Um, that, like, but it worked, though, because you were like, to me, it's like, if anyone knows about D is Jill. Like if mm-hmm. I have a question, <laughs> yeah. I know I can I mean, ask you. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, so. that is my brain at this point. <laughs> Made you the expert. Yeah, it's so cool. That's for awesome. better or for worse. <laughs> Kim, I'm so happy that you brought this up. I like it's just a delight. Yeah, this this Kim, I want to hear. Like, I want you to just DM me anything oh, dope <laughs> that comes up in that campaign. I need to know. Like, yeah. I love hearing about my friends' campaigns. I love living vicariously mm-hmm. through them because you know, like, I mostly run games, so I just like I'm like, mm, tell me all about like the juicy stuff that your characters are doing. Tell me what yeah. your DM's doing. I'm like, I just want to know. I just want all the. This jokes. is, I mean, this one is so wild because the the play style is such that we all feel like the main character I think yeah. it's like yeah. everyone's the main character of their own little story in oh, I love this it. campaign and so like I could tell you like you know pages and pages worth of story of what Elias has been through and like 
AJ's character, Lucas, would just be like, she would just make some appearances. You know, it's like, yeah. it's such a wild thing. I honestly don't know how Molly even manages it because well, it's that's, so much. Yeah. When, um, you, when you said Molly started this because she, quote, didn't have the time for d <laughs> she wanted to do a text post thing that yeah. would be easier, which like, I get that it's easier to just like sit at your computer at all hours of the day and like reply right. to a message. But like, Molly is still putting in so much time and effort so much into this game. It is, it is bonkers to me yeah but yeah it's really fun so i'm I'm glad we got to talk about it jill i'll dm you after uh, this yes, please <laughs> oh my Perfect. god my brain is full of D D. you know mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. am always thinking about characters and campaigns and things mm-hmm. of that nature yeah Speaking of things your brain is full of. Oh, my God. (laughs) You were telling us before we started the show that uh, your brain is full of Pokemon. It's so full of Pokemon. I just (laughs) finished. I literally I beat I beat the game the other day. Nice. But with these new Pokemon games. So with Sword and Shield, which I will admit I did not care for it that much. Mm. Um, I was disappointed for many reasons, but I'm not going to get into it. Mm hmm. But with the like newer open world style of Pokemon games, which, by the way, again, going back to why I started playing tabletop role playing games, it was because I wanted open world Pokemon and I wanted to be able to go wherever I wanted in Pokemon and kind of get more into like personalization, things like that, which you still Mm -hmm. can do just a little bit of. But like, you know, making characters, coming up with like ideas for that sort of thing and just going and exploring and doing what you want. But with these open world games where the Pokemon are like in the overworld, it's so much easier to finish mm. a Pokedex that I was like, yeah. I'm just going to go catch all 400 Pokemon. Why not? <laughs> it didn't take me that long. Yeah, I was surprised. I saw uh, Eric post on Twitter, I think, yesterday mm-hmm. of like, oh, I just finished the, the, the Pokedex. Like, geez, the game has been out, what, two, three weeks well, so Eric and I have had a very busy uh, past, what, several months? Yeah, uh, no. So we've taken, like, the little time that we have and literally have just been playing Pokemon. That's so good. Because we have two Switches and we got both copies. So, like, we will just sit on the couch and we'll each be playing Pokemon. And it's really nice with these the, like, open world aspect of this new game is Eric can be doing something completely different than me. And I don't feel like he's like spoiling what's to come because I'm like, I don't even know where you are. I'm not even paying attention. Like, (laughs) but yeah, we were both able to like help each other finish the Pokedex, which was really nice. But it has just been such a joy because it is basically like almost exactly the kind of Pokemon game that I've wanted literally since I've started playing Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's the kind of it's the kind of Pokemon game. It sounds like where like a seven year old is like, I want to be in Pokemon. Like, it sounds like that is exactly the game that they've made. And and it is because you can kind of just decide like the path you want to focus on for the most part. And it's like, yeah, this is I can kind of just like if I don't feel like doing this particular thing, I can go run around in the overworld and just like throw Pokeballs or try and like find little hidden things, Um, which AJ, you know, I love a good open world game. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the characters are incredible. I did not expect that. I think that is the thing that most surprised me is like NPCs in Pokemon have always been very 
one note archetypal very like mm-hmm. okay this is this guy's deal and that's it Shorts and like too cool ex- and easy to wear yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> the science guy that you meet at the start of every game i mean he's still there but like hotter now <laughs> yeah i mean he's so progr- hot <laughs> he has progressively gotten hotter over the years the guy who's like science and technology are amazing like what the hell is going on with that first of all <laughs> I think they've also started making because they do have like somebody who's obsessed with shorts in every game. And I'm pretty sure like they've started to like age up the shorts character, too. Oh, geez. Hey, Ringo. Is he uh, in your headphones? He is. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. But, like, you know, oh, usually with Pokemon games, you would like go to the gym leader and they're just in their gym for the mm. most part. And you fight them and that's it. But like the gym leaders have like very detailed personalities and... I have unfortunately started to become obsessed with some of these characters. It's yes. become a problem. Uh, Larry <laughs> is my favorite. I love that man. I just think it's such a fun concept for a gym leader. I haven't I haven't met Larry yet. I haven't done any gyms yet. And that's very cool. I think that's mm-hmm. very cool that you like don't have to do the gyms until you like feel like it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to soon because it seems like I'm having a harder time catching higher level Pokemon. Mm. So I think I need to like start getting some badges. So that's yeah. probably what I'll do next in the game. Maybe I'll play some today. Maybe <laughs> should. Um, um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's a lot of fun. There's really fun characters. The the rivals, which I've like complained for years that like they stopped doing rivals that are like antagonistic because I, you know, grew up on the very early Pokemon games where it's like Mm -hmm. your rival literally wants to pummel (laughs) you into the ground and you're like you're such an ass what's going on? Yeah your rival is a bully Yeah. yeah yeah Gary was such a dick but all of the like nice rivals have just been like too nice They've just mm-hmm. been like, yeah, we're best friends. I guess we'll battle. But like having a rival who is like, yes, I want to beat you up in battle, but that's because we're best friends. But <laughs> um, it's always like, I should battle you right now, but you're looking a little like worn out. So I'm going to let you be. And so it's yeah. like, it's nice to just have characters that like, even though they're still Pokemon characters, they're still very archetypal. They have a little bit more depth yeah. than they used mm-hmm. to. And it just feels like despite you know some of the things that i've noticed that i'm a little bit more disappointed with in terms of performance yeah which you know is a whole thing very complicated issue but Mm. i i feel like it is a direction that pokemon is going that i'm really really excited for and it makes me feel very much like how like three houses made me feel about the future of fire emblem Mm. like cool oh they are listening and they're doing things that like are going to make it a better series. Right. And it just makes me excited for what's next, which is not what Sword and Shield made me feel. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, it it really seems like from what I've seen people say and what y'all were saying on the show last week, Kim, that like a lot of the stuff that people liked about Arceus (laughs) is in this game. And also the writing is unbelievable. The writing is incredible. Like, I I won't say anything about the end of the game because I know Kim isn't there yet, but I legitimately did cry at the end of this video game. Whoa. Which is I'm wow. like it's a po- it's a Pokemon game, a Pokemon game. right? It's yeah. a it's a Pokemon game, and here I am crying over these characters. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Where? How did we get here? Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, I have been off the Pokemon train for so long. Like, I think the last one that I really played was Diamond. Great game. Great game. So much fun. But hearing people say that like the, the this is maybe their best Pokemon they've ever mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. and that there like is a plot that is good is yeah. like really tempting me. 
really yeah, tempting. Do it, AJ. My my <laughs> usual pattern with Pokemon games is like, I mean, my usual pattern. I played like Sword and Shield and Arceus, and before that, the only thing I had played was Red or Blue. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, my usual path with them is just like get as far as I can before I get kind of fatigued of yeah. catching or battling yeah. or whatever. And this is the first time where I'm like, I want to finish this because oh, hearing yeah. people talk about it is like, it sounds like it's fucking good. I mean, <laughs> I like was good. literally, I don't think I had even beaten the eighth gym and I was already like, man, I cannot wait until Eric and I switch copies and I start playing Violet. <laughs> I was like, I cannot wait to do another playthrough of this game. Wow. Um, because I'm, yeah. I'm, again, I finished, technically I finished the game and I'm just kind of in the post game stuff and I'm literally like going around the world and finding things that I didn't see before. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I put in like, I don't know, 70 plus hours sure. into this game and I'm still like finding little places and finding TMs that I had not found. I was like, oh, there's fly. Like, you know, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> after I beat the game, I'm like, oh, now I can finally teach my Pokemon fly, I guess. That is to conceive of a game where you didn't need fly <laughs> literally yeah. oh my god it's the incredible. fact that you don't need hms oh. yeah and instead it's like part of the game is to get the hms like so cool. they make it so much better than just like okay well now here's this one move that like you have to teach a pokemon and you can't take mm -hmm. it off the roster yeah. it's like no you just you can do this stuff like you can fly from the very beginning of the game which makes it so much easier mm -hmm. to like do what you want to do. Cause that is like one of the things that's like so annoying about early stages of these kinds of games is like, well, you can't fast travel yet. Right. And you're like, I don't want to walk across everything that I just walked across to go heal. But like being yeah. able to just right. like really quickly fly back and heal up has been really, really nice. I imagine even so, like if you couldn't fast travel back to a Poke Center or whatever, like you can just avoid the Pokemon. Exactly. You can see them. Yes. So and that's like, the other thing is it's like you can avoid like other trainers too. Yeah. like you. You only get into a battle if you if you physically go up and talk to them. Oh. So it's not like, it's oh, they spot you and you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, there's literally I think there's like 30 trainers I didn't fight like yeah. because I was awesome. like, I don't have to fight you right now. I am low on health. I need to get to a Poke Center or if you have the supplies, you can just have a little picnic with your Pokemon and that'll heal them all up. And you can just do that anywhere in the open world. Man, <laughs> it's great. I think this may have officially sold me on a Pokemon game for the first yeah! time. <laughs> a decade. Play with us. <sighs> I also wanted to say on the subject of like the like performance issues yeah i feel like it's easy to and like listen they're bad like mm -hmm. it, it is at times like you know it Scary. makes the game difficult to play uh -huh. but i do think that we as people who like think about video games a lot and talk about video games a lot and read a lot about video games on the mm -hmm. internet put a lot more stock into that sometimes than like the average consumer world sure. who's going to be playing yeah. a pokemon game they're well, not gonna care if their pokemon's clipping through the ground like yeah, they can still I mean, fight even right. my friend gabe who is like a huge pokemon fan but hasn't played since like Gen 3 or something, picked this game up and we were texting about it. And he was like, I, I was like, are the performance issues like bothering you? You know, like, what's the deal? And Gabe was like, I'm having a great time. Like, I don't yeah. I haven't really noticed anything like that bad. And like, I'm just having a really fun time playing this game. Um, It's like the Pokemon game that I wanted when I was a kid. And it's yeah. like, I didn't give a shit about that stuff. So like, yeah. I, you know, I, I like those things are definitely an issue. And I'm sure that there are points for everyone 
everyone, especially like in this game, unfortunately, where like it's going to be noticeable in a mm. way that is, mm-hmm. that may be frustrating. But like, I don't know, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, and it, Let it me, seems like Eric said something what? when we first started playing it because mm. we were in a group chat and one of our friends was like, apparently the game is really buggy. I didn't get it myself. I wouldn't know. I'm like, it's got some issues, but it's not like people are making a much better bigger deal a lot of it is very cosmetic Mm. and Mm. eric specifically said like should they have given the developers more time to polish it should they have like not rushed through some things that definitely like could be fixed by it being rushed absolutely is it still enjoyable yeah exactly and so like the performance and the cosmetic issues like don't matter so much as long as i'm still having a fun time yeah. And I'm like Eric's playing on the OLED and I'm playing on the day one switch. So like I haven't noticed anything like super different between our experiences either. Mm. Like even on an, mm. a day one old switch, right. like it still plays just fine. Mm. That seems to be a lot of like it's so interesting seeing the like discourse mm-hmm. around this game. And like I don't want to relitigate it again because we talked about it a bunch last week and stuff. Right. But like all of these, you know, articles and pieces and, you know, Twitter threads and stuff, they're all like talking about all this shit that it's like making the game feel really bad for them but they all end with or like have the piece of it that's like but it is the best pokemon game i've ever played yeah (laughs) which which is just so interesting to see these things constantly like linked together it's Mm -hmm. like yeah sure it it performs bad sometimes and blah, blah 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 but i'm having the best time i've ever had playing a pokemon game it's like man exactly yeah that's wild uh Thank you again for bringing Pokemon to the show, Jill. Um, of course. And I'm glad that you are having such an absolutely delightful time with it. I'm, I know. I can't wait to to start it again. I was going to say, I'm excited <laughs> I'm for you to start like, your Violet Maybe I'll start Violet today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you had brought up earlier uh, that you like running around the open world. Oh, and I sure we do. Have another game. Mm. We have another game today to talk about that has an open world. Uh, my love, my life. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about the Horizon series, Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, uh, because uh, Jill and I are the only two people in the world who have ever played these games. And that, like, <laughs> yep, we are yeah. the only fans of this series that exist. Yeah, uh, obviously that's not true, but uh, Horizon does have a uh, really specifically bad release calendar. Oh my god, um, it's so tragic. Is yeah. Oh, my God. Because what was it? It was Elden Ring this time, wasn't it? It was Elden Ring this time. Yes. Yeah, right. so, so, so Horizon Zero Dawn came out in 2016. I'm uh, looking it up. <laughs> yeah. Like the week before uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Horrific time to come out with a video game. Mm-hmm. Especially um, a post-apocalyptic open world video game. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, um, in which you go to waypoints to unlock the rest of the map. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, 2017. 2017. Okay. Uh, and then Horizon Forbidden West came out this year a week before Elden Ring. God. <laughs> uh, an open world where you have to explore and get, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, post-apocalypse, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so so I had first gotten Zero Dawn in, I believe, I guess it was the end of twenty. 17 my brother got it for me for my birthday which was a delight it came with the frozen wilds dlc um and i had i was looking for that game since i saw the trailer for it in like 2015 or whenever they showed it off at e3 or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever game show it was um because if you don't know what it is it is a post-apocalypse war i guess it's like a post post apocalypse world where humanity has been split into basically tribes across the world but you're really just playing in like the eastern part of the united states i believe western Um, 
Because you're in Colorado, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so so Western Midwest, and there are these machine dinosaurs basically roaming the planet. And they're it's so cool. fucking awesome. And I was like immediately in as soon as I saw the first trailer. Uh, and so that's pretty much what the game is. But I, I played the first few hours. I hadn't even got out of the like intro area, and then I put it down for like a year. Came back to it in 2018 and beat it October of that year. And it's it's just so much fun. I, uh, Jill, were you as hot on it from the trailer as I was? Or? Uh, so I actually did not get a PS4 until mm. the year before I moved out. So I think 2018. Okay. And I literally, I got it as a Fallout machine because I, <laughs> I grew up or not grew up playing Fallout, but like when I lived with my parents, uh, we had we were an Xbox household uh, after oh. we like we had a PS2 and then we had an Xbox 360 and the Xbox right. 360 and the Wii were like the main video games that we had like during high school. Sure. And so I played a lot of Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Mm. And I was like, oh, I really want to play Fallout 4. And then I was also like, oh, there's a new Fallout game coming out. <laughs> 76 was uh, had some issues. Mm-hmm. But I bought the PS4 because I wanted to play the new Fallout game and Eric wanted to play Kingdom Hearts 3. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I didn't actually play Zero Dawn until I think 2018 mm-hmm. or 2019, uh, one of those summers, because I saw my friend playing it and I was like, this seems really cool. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what it's about, <laughs> but I see yeah. riding a robot that is shaped like a buffalo and i yeah. <laughs> really want to play this game whatever it is um and so you know i went to gamestop during a sale i bought the complete edition of horizon i bought god of war and i bought dragon age inquisition oh wow yeah i was like okay what are the three best rpgs i can get for this yeah. for this freaking machine for real i still haven't played inquisition uh <laughs> but i did play god of war uh, I played that in like a full weekend and I think nice. it was like right after I had finished Zero Dawn is when I played God of War. Okay. But I played Zero Dawn and I was immediately obsessed. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love Aloy. I love this game. I love the aesthetic. I love mm-hmm. like I love post post apocalypse as like a setting in general. Yeah. Like I like post apocalypse clearly because like I'm obsessed with the Fallout series but I also really love both Zero Dawn and Breath of the Wild for like being a story about what happens after the apocalypse and after like nature has kind of taken back over and like restarting civilization and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I think that setting just generally is so, so cool. And I think Horizon does it really, really oh, well. God, they do it incredibly. And like finding snippets of things that only you can see with the um with the focus yes like just being able to kind of understand like how people got there and things like that is is just like the main reason i fell in love with it and i recently got eric to play it and he's also obsessed with it now so i count that as a win in my book because at first he was like "Eh, i don't know i'm not as big in the open worlds as you are and i was like (laughs) yeah but you have to play this game because the story makes me cry (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so like uh i think it, it is a really we're just going to talk about video games that made me cry this year is basically like <laughs> the theme. Yeah, I um, I think like like you just said, uh, the Horizon does it really well with the the focus, which is like this little 
thing that you find when you're playing as uh, child Aloy. Uh, she falls into a cave and then you find this like underground lab, basically what what we would recognize as a lab. What right. Aloy is like, I have no idea what the fuck this is, finds this like tiny piece of technology and then it, like clips to her ear and then she can see like the Matrix. Basically. Yeah, like, like the data just see... that, that humans left behind before everything went kablam. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Which I think totally makes sense because like, it, you know, it could be weird to be like, well, it's been X amount, thousands of years, etc. clearly since humanity mm-hmm. was around. So like, how is this technology still functioning? But it's like there are robots like robot well, and, dinosaurs walking around. So it's like, like why the technology is still functioning because the robots are a self-sustaining system. Right. And so it like make like it makes sense within the context of the world, which yeah. I think is always really nice. Um, But I, the the. <laughs> The game is like in the very beginning, at least constantly doing this thing where it's like Aloy will come across something. It's like, what is this? And we're like, oh, it's a big door. Mm-hmm. Like in, in, in this isn't spoilers. It's still like the very beginning of the game. But the the society that Aloy is a part of basically worships this thing called the all mother. Yes. Um, and when you like you hear them talking about this and, you, you know, there's like shamans around who are talking about it. Um, it's like a matriarchal society. So everything is, you know, based around maternity and all this stuff. But you basically you get down to like the altar of the all mother and it just like it's just a big door. And like us being 21st century humans are like, oh, that's a big door. And they're like, oh, no, this is like. This is this where is you a go magical... to talk to the all mother and then you yeah. get scanned and you're like, it's just a pre-recorded voice. And they're like, no, that's <laughs> right. our God. And wow. so that 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 level setting there, I think, is really, really great of like, mm-hmm. oh, we've like as as humanity as a, a, you know, a species has like lost all connection to technology. And it's like mm-hmm. they don't even recognize the stuff making the machines work is technology mm-hmm. they're just like this is just these are how just like animals like this yeah. is just how they work and they and they they use the pieces of the of the machines as like like as you would use hides and bones and yes stuff. hides thank you i couldn't yeah. i was just trying to think of like any word that was like uh, i mean because they literally for- call parts of if i'm remembering correctly like when you are collecting supplies in the game and you're like collecting these pieces off of the robots it's not like nuts and bolts it's like bones and joints yes and things like that instead of like wires <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just so cool. I, I, I love that world. And then there's like silly little things throughout the game where you like find a coffee cup and it's like mm-hmm. they, they felt like a drinking apparatus or yes. something. It's just like, OK, that's like these are car keys. And it's mm-hmm. like, obviously, these are car oh, keys. Oh, yeah. They like, like call them wind chimes or something. And yeah. It's like, no, these it's are like, car okay. keys, but that's OK. <laughs> that's just very silly. But something I think this game does really well is something similar to what Breath of the Wild does with the Great Plateau, where you spend mm-hmm. all of this time in the oh, I can't remember what. Oh, my God. Neither the can society I. is called. But you spend all this time in this like valley, basically, in the first few hours of the game and you're doing all this stuff and, you know, you're you're discovering these parts of the world and stuff. And then you leave the valley like there's something that happens that causes you to like, OK, I have to go out and, you know, solve these problems because I'm the only person who can see like mm-hmm. I keep saying the Matrix, but that's the easiest <laughs> it's way basically to say it. the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. So like I have to go save the world or whatever. Uh, and where the story goes from there is amazing. But I mm-hmm. think that that intro area does a lot of good level setting and like introducing you into the world and stuff um it's not necessarily the most interesting but it does enough and it 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 stays for a short enough amount of time uh Mm -hmm. that it doesn't get super grating i don't think yeah exactly Um, and you can like leave and come back and yeah do things like that which is always like i really enjoy about a place about like these open world video games where it's like yeah you leave somewhere because oh i can't get to this thing yet but Mm -hmm. i'll come back to it later when i have that ability to like 
climb up this wall or fly yeah. down this thing to get what I was looking for. So like being able to revisit places in a game is like one of the things that like makes it feel so much more alive. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that the sequel does incredibly well. Because it is a lot of, there's a lot of focus in the sequel of, like, rebuilding and helping NPCs and making decisions on, like, who to put in charge of certain places. Oh, wow. And there are places where you can go, and if you complete a specific quest, that area will be changed. Like, it will literally, like, have a visual difference. There will be different characters there now. Mm. There will be sometimes different music. You go back to this place after you have done a quest and like usually in, in some games like more linear ones, you do a quest and you're like, OK, I'm sure things change from them, but you like don't have to go back and see. Yeah. But in Forbidden West, like you keep going back to these places and you see like how things have changed Ugh. because of what you have done. Oh, that's so cool. I know. <laughs> and I think I, Forbidden West is, is I, I mean, from the get go is showing you that stuff because exactly. the, the events of Zero Dawn, obviously stuff mm-hmm. happens, things change, whatever. And you see those changes immediately as soon as you yeah. start Forbidden West, which picks up like pretty right close. After. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. maybe a month after the, the end of Zero Dawn. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's something similar to that because it is very, very close to the end. Like you can still see the yes. effects of the previous game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you're like walking around at the beginning there. Yeah, which is really cool. But yeah, so so like that, I think it's really cool that the game keeps up with that theme of like things changing and the world mm-hmm. adjusting in, in lieu of all of this new information that Aloy is privy to. Yeah. Um, because as the only person who can see the Matrix, Aloy is like, oh, no, I have a totally new understanding of what these machines are, what these things are. And, you know... Uh, I've only played the first like six to eight hours of Forbidden West, but like already she's running into people and be like, no, your worldview is wrong. And I'm sorry that that is hard to hear. But like, I have it on good authority that this is what these things are. And like, and a lot of it, too, is is she's not the only one anymore. Like she's Mm -hmm. able to kind of share these uh, focuses with other people. So it's less of like a I'm the only person who can do this. Yeah. And more of a like, hey, you are somebody who is like, she's, you know, she, I I think she's a very fun main character because she's not personable. (laughs) She's no, she is not like the kind of person who's going to like be polite to other Mm -hmm. NPCs. And so she'll be like, I recognize this is not my strength. You know what I'm talking about, but you're good at talking to people. So you go take care of that for me because there's, if I do it, it's just going to piss everybody off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think. The second one really does a lot with like expanding her role and like Mm -hmm. having her like go with other people who are now learning the same things that that she already knows. Yeah. And and, and that's already like I can already tell that that's kind of where the the narrative is going, Mm because like Zero Dawn is about, you know, whether you know it or not in the beginning is like it's about Aloy being this kind of chosen one and like going on this journey and stuff. And Forbidden West is like, well, now that the chosen one has done what she needs to do, what is what about the rest of the world? And like it's no longer her being the only one that can fix things. It is now up to the people in the world and up to her interacting with those people in the world to create this new you know it it is definitely taking the whole chosen one trope of like being the only person who can do this to like recognizing that you don't have to do it all by yourself yeah Yeah. Uh, which i think is 
a really nice thing for a video game mm-hmm. yeah. and, a, and a chosen one narrative is like you know taking that responsibility and saying like one person doesn't have to do it all like mm-hmm. you can you can play to other people's strengths yeah plus there's big cool robots you get plus to there's big up. cool robots and you know the way that they treat the robots is just incredible it's very like they treat them like they're real living sentient creatures and yeah sometimes it definitely seems like it. You're like, I don't know if this is actually a robot or not, because this is acting like a, a sick animal over here. Like it is genuinely mm-hmm. looking like making sounds that it is in pain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I love these games. I'm really excited to go and, and beat Forbidden West. Oh, and... I'm so excited for you too, AJ. I yeah. just, oh man. Yeah, I, I, I do just want to say like the lore of and story of Zero Dawn is so fucking good. The lore of this world is awesome. And it being post post apocalypse is just like learning how we got here mm-hmm. and like what that means for the planet and stuff. It's just so fucking cool. Uh, and I'm a big fan of it. And I'm excited to go back and finish Forbidden West probably early next year. I, I'm probably not going to get to Honestly, it this year, unfortunately. Fair. But uh, yeah. Ugh. Kim, do you like big robots? Sometimes. Tim, how do you feel about robots? <laughs> I I played like a few hours of Zero Dawn. Um, yeah. It just didn't grab me for some reason. I don't sure. know why. Yeah. I mean, I like can that. get that. That's like, fair. like I said, yeah. you know, I recognize that like open world is. I like open world, though, is the thing. Like I, I play a lot of open world. I just yeah. don't know why this one in particular just didn't. It didn't have whatever secret sauce it is that mm. that gets me into an right. open world game. I had the same problem with God of War, actually, mm. where I was like, I recognize that this is like a beautiful game like it's doing interesting things i'm like enjoying it while i play it but for some reason i'm just not like drawn back into it the next time i like sit down in front of my tv and like pick up a controller yeah. um i don't know why different strokes yeah. for different folks as they yeah. Say. Yeah. yeah it's fine you hate our favorite game yeah, Kim. okay fine, i didn't Kim. say you're that very cool no, and it's edgy fine. you're and... really neat for like <laughs> not liking the thing that we all like it's fine <laughs> sharing my experience no yeah you're good Kim. no thank you for sharing your experience kim um thank you both for sharing your experience <laughs> thank you yeah. um let's uh move on now to a game we can all talk about which is also about robots which is also yeah. about robots and is i also, like these robots a lot i like these, Love robots. these robots yeah uh we're gonna talk about stray now uh <gasps> cat game um, game. robot game. game kim what was your experience with like the rollout of this game did you remember seeing trailers for it and stuff or yeah i don't remember if it was like an e3 or the sure. game awards or something you know jeff keely's carnival of delights or like whatever <laughs> right. <it> is. But, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> i i remember seeing the trailer and just immediately being intrigued and mm-hmm. i every time one of those events happens i end up making like a note or a list on my phone or something of like hey just like keep these games in mind you know yeah. like you saw a trailer for this and you thought it was cool so just like keep an eye out for it um and stray was definitely on that list and yeah when it when it came out i was very excited it is like one of the reasons that i bought a ps5 <laughs> yes that yeah. was my whole thing i was like eric the main reason i want a ps5 is when stray comes out i want yeah. to be able to play that on the ps5 like there 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 weren't that many ps5 exclusives but that was one of them and i was like well well i gotta do it and yeah it's uh 
delightful game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed with the vibes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an extremely vibey game. And I would say yeah. that the trailer immediately sets the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like I I would say it delivers on that vibe. Um, 100 <laughs> percent. But I would also say I was kind of faked out by the trailer, I feel like, because I think from what I'm remembering about the teasers um, and the announcement trailers and stuff are like, it seemed like the robots were going to be the bad guys. Like you were going to be trying to get away from these robots the whole time. Oh yeah. I think let's see. Cause I remember I saw the trailer yeah. the very first time it was announced and I was immediately like, Oh, this is a game mm-hmm. crafted specifically for my interests. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember thinking like, maybe I don't, remember thinking if the robots were going to be bad or anything but they didn't feel like they would play as big of a role right as they did i was like oh this is just going to be about a cat going through this city trying to find its family like which is a great concept in a video game for me anyway but like i thought the robots seemed more like set dressing from the Mm. from the trailer yeah and Mm -hmm. then i played the game and i'm like i would lay down my life for these robots (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of post post apocalypse, like this game is a post post apocalypse, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great from the get. But like you start off this game and you're just like a cat and you're running around with your little cat family. And it's so cute. It's so so cute. I hit the meow achievement before like (laughs) the game popped off. (laughs) Like I meowed. What is it like? It's like 50 or 100 times you have to meow to get the the achievement oh my god and like yeah. i hit that before we even started like crossing bridges it was like as oh soon god. as we we're walking around down there i'm just like meow 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 yeah there is a dedicated meow button uh mm-hmm. which is just delightful um, i love that button works always even uh-huh. in cutscenes, yep. like yeah constantly <laughs> when the sleep is in play yeah yeah you can it's, meow in your sleep uh, which is the most precious shit. thing i've ever seen in my life and so, like, you, in the beginning, pretty dra- uh, dramatically get separated from your family. It is mm. horrifying. Harrowing. Uh, Heart-wrenching. Harrowing, yes. And you find yourself in this, like, underground city uh, where you then start running into... Well, you run into these little squeaky guys who are really weird. They're called the Zerks. We come to find out. Um, but then you come across, like, a robot-inhabited city. Um, and stuff rolls out from there but before actually before that you do meet a little ai companion um named b12 uh mm-hmm. like the vitamin <laughs> like the vitamin and the only reason you're able to communicate with the robots and like read their language and stuff is because b12 can translate for you um so Into like cat all- i guess <laughs> yeah to cat which is interesting yeah i i guess i i implied earlier or not implied i straight up said that this cat is a super genius um and i think that is 100 percent true because this cat has such a sense of purpose and direction and granted you're the person controlling the cat mm-hmm. um right. but like <laughs> this, this cat, cat has wants and needs and empathy Mm-hmm. I do wonder, do you think that it is implied that this is just like an evolved version of the domesticated cat that I mean, is like just I a would, little bit more intelligent? And I wouldn't be and, surprised. Yeah. Considering like, I mean, the way like you start out outside of the city, like mm-hmm. the cats are not kind of confined. They're they're free to roam about and do whatever mm-hmm. they want. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it is like this is just like outside animals are ruling now. You know, that's yeah. just the way yeah. that it is. I did look it up, AJ. Um, I think it is very funny that the 
sources of vitamin B12 are poultry, meat, fish, and dairy products, all of which are very associated with cats. Yeah. (laughs) That's very funny. I think that is delightful. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I... I, I... I don't want to get super into the story, but like the, the vague story beats are like you meet some uh, some robots who have been trying to get out of the city and get outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the whole game is basically trying to find those four like the council with the outsiders is what they call themselves yeah um and you're trying because to spend the you're whole game also trying to get outside and you're also yeah. trying to get outside yeah, exactly. so you're like well i might as well help these other robots get outside because we both mm-hmm. want the same thing we both want the same thing yeah and the the whole city you find out what is it like domed city mm-hmm. walled city 99 yeah walled city 99 but it does have this like big like dome roof which is like you look up and it's like i the the sense of place in this game is fucking wild, yeah. which is what I was getting to. But like the whole city is like very stratified. So you start out mm. in the slums and you work your way through to this like middle area called what is it? Ant Ant Station or something. God, y'all played it more recently than me. I literally yeah. played I know. it the well, day I, it came I, out. Ant <laughs> whatever is the Ant Village. And village and then that takes you to midtown which is like a slightly more upscale but still like kind of gritty part of the city and you just sort of see that there was like this stratification you learn about the humans who lived there and how they lived that way as well and the robots are kind of like mimicking how how humans lived which is a fascinating part of it yeah but yeah like the the thing that kept me so engaged in this game even more so than like the cute cat stuff is mm-hmm. just the world that they create like i i got so attached to the slums <laughs> like yeah. It, oh, yeah. there is such a strong like i said vibe for lack of a better word like i just i feel like i know that place well everywhere when you start out every area feels enormous mm-hmm. yeah when you're first starting because you don't know your way around you're like this teeny tiny little cat and mm-hmm. like you have to get to know it there's no map but and this is i think like an amazing like credit to to the developers like you do get to know every area really well just mm-hmm. sort of by memory just from from running around it and this is a short game too it so is, you don't have yeah. a lot of time to do that yeah. well and the, yeah it's even shorter if you're like i'm not going to do all of these little tasks for these other robots Mm -hmm. like if you're like single-minded in your i want to get home kind of thing you're not like going around necessarily to every little thing but like i was you know trying to find every single one of those little memories and yeah things like that i'm like i I have to like a ton of memories i missed trying to finish like two in the beginning uh and i was like oh man i should go back and get those sometime but Mm -hmm. like i think it's it is exactly as you say like you go into a place and you're like i have no idea where i am i have no Mm -hmm. idea what i'm doing and then as you explore you're like oh i found this little secret passageway and this will take me exactly where i need to get Mm -hmm. to and i know this because i've been running around this place so much Mm -hmm. yeah it is just uh, it's amazing to me the way that they've pulled off like making each of these areas feel so huge when you Mm -hmm. first enter them and then by the time you leave you know it like the back of your hand you realize like it's actually quite small Mm -hmm. and yet it still feels incredibly lived in it doesn't feel like oh like this is like a really tiny self-contained area and it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel alive everything feels really alive you can tell that like it, it feels like the area that you're in while it may be small is very much like a part of a huge city Mm -hmm. um, full of these these robot people. I just think that that aspect of it is incredible. And I like I'm hard 
pressed to think of another game that really has made me feel that way and has made me feel so attached to these places. Yeah. And it's also like there there is so much I so appreciate like the way that these places while they are supposed to be like dirty and run down and um you know things are falling apart and they're full of trash and whatever they're still somehow like so beautiful mm-hmm. like i don't know i just i think it's really remarkable and it was my favorite thing about this experience by far is just like existing in the world yeah and i think a lot of what makes these places so beautiful is the you know is the the robots that you run into in them like they are living lives and like this is their world and they don't think it's like broke down and dingy they're just like you know there's like bars you can go to and there's Mm -hmm. like you know a laundromat or whatever and like there's a guy who barters for energy drink cans and stuff it's like (laughs) this is just the world that these these people live in and and you hear them complain about it sometimes but it's like I don't know. I don't want to say they're like resigned to their fate because that sounds fatalistic and, but they kind of are, but it's also just like they've come to terms with it and they're like, okay, well this is just where we live now for the most part. We'll just make the most of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they're, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so like there are like small communities of people that you can find within these places where like they're all just like sitting together talking and it's just like, they're just like living. I don't know. It's really fun too to like, they listen to music and they're dancing and they're yeah. like mm-hmm. having a good time. Like the, the ones in the, like the apartment complex where they're yeah. just kind of like Love hanging out, pl- listening to the boom box. And they're just like, Oh, Hey, look a little guy. <laughs> like, yeah. what's up little guy. And they yeah. like yeah. have their own interpersonal problems. And it's, it makes them feel so much more than just like strange weird robots it's very much like yeah. these are these are people yeah i also think that the the gameplay ties really nicely into that because the the things that you're doing as the cat is like like uh, there's there's all kinds of it's basically puzzles mm-hmm. um where you you have to sort of change the environment or like pick something up or um, you're sort of like manipulating the circumstances, which changes the behavior of the robots and sort of like gets you where you need to go. For example, I played a part last night in Midtown where um, there's a drunk guy in a bar and um, he's like passed out in the back room and you can wake him up by dropping a crate on his head. And when you do, he goes to work and what he's doing is unpacking boxes into this shop and whereas you you could not previously go into the shop, now you can because you can hide in the box and he mm-hmm. will like carry you in there. Yeah. And then you find a little like passageway that's like, oh, this is how I can sneak in here now. But like, ju- like I love that kind of like puzzle where it's like it's not hard to figure out and it's very light and it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to do. But it's just the fun is in just like seeing it sort of play out and and the way that it makes the world feel more alive at the same time is extremely cool yeah it it makes you feel like a crafty little guy yeah yeah because like the puzzles are are so simple that like maybe you spend a minute or two just like looking it's like where is the hole that i can climb into here but then Mm -hmm. once you find it like ah i've solved it um, it makes you feel like a crafty little guy, which is I, which is really where I got a lot of joy out of this game is yeah. like doing yeah. this, just finding the small holes that I could fit in because oh, yeah. I am a cat. I am a cat mm-hmm. and I can go in there yeah. and I can go on that thing. And I think also even like 
I found myself not even manipulating the environment for puzzle solving, but just to get a reaction out of mm-hmm. the robots. <laughs> like every time I could knock over a paint can and then dip yes. my little kitty cat paws into it and leave little paw prints. Oh, the paw prints. It was prints. my favorite. I love it. And there was some like, I think they were like playing Mahjong or something, but you could like mm-hmm. jump down on their Mahjong table and like <laughs> completely ruin their entire they game. And they so just like, put, they just like get so resigned and like are burying their heads in their face yeah. in their hands. And you're just like, that's I mean that's like you know I am a cat owner that's what my cat does yeah yeah I was playing Ticket to Ride last week and my cat jumped up on the board and kicked the, all the fucking trains around it's like great yeah. cool thank you very cool yeah didn't need those <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I, I just want to go back to the slums really quick because like mm. in each location you're in there's like four five four like main locations and then the the ending you kind of hop to a couple locations but like in each of these locations there is a spot where you can just like curl up and go to sleep mm-hmm. and when you do if you just sit for a second the camera begins to just pull out god i love that the first you- time that happened i was like oh yeah, yeah. Well, the first time it happened to me i was streaming this game yeah <laughs> and i was like was, I, was, I remember that yeah i was like going to end the stream and i was like all right well let me i'll just go you know sleep on this this little uh pillow right here and then we'll end the stream it'll be cute we'll be looking at the cat mm-hmm. sleeping and as i was like doing my wrap-up stuff the camera started zooming fine. out uh i think i'm just gonna shut off my camera for a second uh a song and this like really kind of ambient electronic song started playing and I was like, what's happening? Uh, and it zoomed out to, so you could see the entirety of the slums from this like bird's eye view. And there's like neon signs and there are just, you know, there are people on the roofs just hanging out and stuff. And like we had said earlier that like this whole game is vibes a lot of the time. And like, yeah, that image is yeah. like burned into my brain because it is mm-hmm. like so beautiful yeah. <laughs> it was like profound yeah and because the camera just like I was like okay well how far is the camera gonna go and it, it takes like a full like 45 seconds to yeah, a minute maybe. for the camera to fully zoom out because it's going so slowly um, and it it's really just, like eases you into it yeah and it's 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 incredible uh, and it's just like so cozy Uh, and and makes me feel so good <laughs> playing it. Yeah, um, I wish I wish more games were comfortable letting you sit in quiet moments like yes. that. I oh like God. because I you know like I know that that's just like not how we have considered games for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like the the combination of the like immersion that you get just in video games generally, especially in a game with like a sense of place as strong as this game has mm-hmm. and the ability to just kind of like sit there and soak it in. And, and like, I don't know. I, oh, no, I, 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 I want more of that from yeah. games because yeah. I think that it is, it's an experience that I think you can only really have, uh, you know, aside from like real life, but mm-hmm. like, you know, like it's, it, it's an experience you can only really have in that medium. Mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. It's, that I I think that like I don't know it's I, a lot like um I remember reading this interview forever ago so I can't remember like the exact quote but like it was about like Miyazaki Ghibli films where they try mm-hmm. and do that with the actual animation medium as well where it's just like yeah. you don't have everything doesn't have to be go 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 like in order to kind of make that connection with a place 
or give that like sense of importance to little moments like that, like mm-hmm. just letting the audience sit for a moment with again just the vibes mm-hmm. is like something that makes it cozy it comfortable makes it memorable yeah 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 i have to take back what i said you're right like, <laughs> that is a perfect example yeah. of of like the medium of film and animation like creating moments like that yeah i just i want more of it i know yeah. me too well and like even the practical aspect of like not having to be at like a pause screen but just letting mm-hmm. your little yes. cat sleep while you're like yes. okay well i'm gonna go to the bathroom or i'm gonna go like get a drink or stretch or make a phone call and just like you come back and your little cat is still just there just sleeping unbothered and you're like oh that's really nice like you, yeah. you don't have mm-hmm. i think there's actually because i was like looking up what all the achievements were when i first beat it because i was like i want to know what i what i could have done that mm. i didn't do i think one of the achievements is to let your cat sleep for an hour like real <laughs> <Wow>. time <laughs> leave it up just for an hour let the cat sleep yeah that's so funny yeah i think that's a great point joe of like it's not a pause screen it's just like yeah. a part of the game and it's like that is something they want you to experience exactly. and that is as much part of the game as the knocking over the paint cans and making exactly. little paw prints mm-hmm. It's all it's all part of it. Um, yeah, I think that's a great point. I, this weirdly also reminds me of a game that gets a lot of flack for this kind of thing. But um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Sure. Mm, I just started playing lot, that recently. It has a lot of moments like that that you can uh, a lot of the time it's like they they put you there like mm-hmm. often after uh, like after a big sort of cut scene or, sure. you know, the end of a big mission, you'll find Arthur sort of just like sitting on the ledge of a cliff, just like watching the horizon or whatever. But you can create tons of moments like that for yourself in that game. And it is like so profound (laughs) and and like so beautiful. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. And I think Ghost of Tsushima does that to a minor effect too. with with the end of each mission. You just have a nice moment with your horse and it's just like those are literally like some of my favorite parts is just like me too watching Jin sleep next to his horse yeah like one of one or the other will like nudge each other awake and you're like okay I guess I do have to get back to it but it's like a nice (laughs) Mm -hmm. little moment of like you just went through a lot take a second and unwind Kim have you finished the game did you yes yeah I finished Uh, I want to talk a little bit spoilers here. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, there will yes. be s- the, the chapter markers will be here on your podcatcher. But also, if you check the show notes, you will, you will be able to skip the spoiler section, which is going to start right now. I think it is so interesting that at the end of this game, there are no humans left. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is like mm-hmm. the happy ending mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the humans are gone mm-hmm. and the last human has done what they can to give the world back right. to mm-hmm. the God, inhabitants of the world. <laughs> I that's it's just like incredible. Well, so the I was thinking about this this morning and like there are no humans left in this city, in which this city. is interesting. Yeah, fair enough. But but it, the point still remains like we don't we have no idea of knowing like what mm-hmm. is sort of beyond Walled City 99. But I, I do think that's amazing. I, you know, at the end, B12 says something like, you know, like I see the companions like 
I, I feel like they can create a new world essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite, you know, it, it had me like going back and thinking about all these moments in the game where V12 is like, I don't understand why the companions are, say, cooking food because they right. don't eat. I don't understand why they do X, Y, Z. Like that's something that humans did, but like they don't have to. They're robots. Like, why are they doing mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that that it's all sort of building up to this moment of realizing like they have for lack of a better word, humanity, right. and yeah. they they are going to be the society going forward. Like they're they're going to make this this world again. Um, you know, and it's going to be like our world, but it's just going to be a little different. Like the the echoes yeah. of humanity are still there, which I think is something that a lot of like really good sci fi and post apocalyptic stuff does is like not trying to rebuild humanity as it is now or as it mm-hmm. was immediately before, because like that's the reason we got into the whole mess in the first place. But keeping right. the echoes, the important things that make humanity what it is and entrusting that to whoever is is coming next. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. you know, right now there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know if you guys are in, I'm in a lot of circles with like artists and things like that. And like AI art, Mm. in the real world is so shitty it's so gross and capitalistic and like it's basically just rich people using it to like manipulate and take advantage of but in a game like stray ai's creating art is seen as something that is hopeful and honorable something that is like respecting the original creators i think part of what what makes that so effective in Stray is the the revelation that like everyone in this city, again, it's so stratified and this game has like a very strong anti-capitalist oh, yeah. and anti-police state message. Very um, much. <laughs> but um, the city is is very stratified based on this sort of perception that there is someone at the top controlling it. And mm-hmm. then when you get to the literally the control room it's full of robots who are just cleaning who have presumably mm-hmm. been just cleaning this place and they since... don't have names or titles yeah. like all the other ones do Helpers. they just have yeah. like numbers and and letters and there are, and there's nobody in control like that that i i love that metaphor of like the illusion of there being someone at the top who's benefiting from from this society being the way that it is uh, and realizing like it doesn't have to be this way like Mm -hmm. this is this is an empty shell and the world that we build going forward doesn't have to mimic this because there's actually nobody in control Mm -hmm. well and the control room is just having andor thoughts again and i'm gonna (laughs) oh i need to watch it put that back in the in the drawer (laughs) the way the the control room is like you were mentioning earlier like yeah there's trash everywhere in the city but like the control room area is just so sanitized and so empty Mm -hmm. and barren i was like running around like trying to find things to mess with yeah. and I was getting really disappointed. I'm like, there's nothing I can do in here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. compared to like the slums and everything else, it's like, yeah, it's it's dirty and there's trash and it's falling apart, but it's nicer. There. It's alive. Yeah, it's, it's alive. alive. Yeah. And it's yeah. it is it really is it is really incredible. This game again made me cry. Like we were <laughs> mentioning earlier with, you know, lay like just letting your cat 
sleep. I didn't want to keep going after B12 died. Oh, I yeah. just sat yeah. there and I swear I left it there for like 20 minutes while I just like let myself cry about this little robot. And I just had my cat like curled up next to my little mm. AI backpack because I was like, well, I don't want to leave you. You were like my yeah. best little friend. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really just wanted to talk about the the like I, I just how how interesting I find the message of like Mm-hmm. humanity had its chance yeah and mm-hmm. maybe the world will be better without it um and i think you can extrapolate that or you can you can vague that out a little bit of like you know free yourself from the past and stuff um and and move forward of your own accord and whatnot but i think in this instance it the past being the consequences of humanity existing mm-hmm. um and being able to like you know you kill the zerks you you know get rid of the the police state in midtown like you you Mm -hmm. for some reason the sun turns off the sentinels i'd that was the one thing that i was like (laughs) oh okay oh i didn't notice that (laughs) yeah well there's a bit where clementine i believe is like being held up Mm -hmm. by the sentinels and then the sun hits them and they collapse (laughs) i was like oh wow i guess this uh, sure um (laughs) whatever (laughs) i'm i'll suspend my disbelief that far um Mm -hmm. uh but but just this idea of like you know with with the the final sacrifice of the quote unquote final human like erasing the mark that they have on this society of of the companions and stuff and and them being free to then just move forward you know free from from everything um it's just like really really good and really really interesting that that is where this story ended up ended up and i think it it makes sense like it, mm-hmm. it makes logical sense um but it's just you don't see that narrative a lot like we talked about a little bit kim in in the mass effect season about how i feel like there are times where stories you know post-apocalypse or like sci-fi stories or whatever will like glorify the idea of mm-hmm. humanity just existing yeah where it will just well, like thir- 13 sentinels does it too 13 <laughs> sentinels exactly yeah it's like yeah. there is value in in the fact that humans exist which mm-hmm. is like not inherently true and it's also yeah. kind of self-centered <laughs> It's also yes, exactly it it's really self-centered. Yeah. I do feel like this game, I mean, while it is true in many ways that I think the world would be better off if we hadn't fucked it all up. <laughs> but like I, I I feel like the what I walk away from stray feeling is like not that that the message is like the world would be better off without humans, but just yeah. like we are not beholden to the history we have created, we are not beholden to the structures that we have created. Like those things actually, while they are insurmountable in many ways, they are also largely held up by like nothing, but yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're, (laughs) they are very weak in the face of, you know, the power held by obviously like not the power held by like a little cat, but like, (laughs) if you think about like the cat's journey of like, Mm -hmm you know, being helped at each step by the people of the world, you know, by collective action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Collective action. Even the, the smallest creature can make the biggest difference. Like yeah. if, mm-hmm. because every single one of these outsiders that you find sacrifices themselves. Exactly. Yeah. For you. Yeah. And it works out for the best for everybody, which is just such a really, it, that's, it's, it's, it's a great message. And I think to go back and, uh, or... Andor <laughs> to go back quickly to Kim, the point I've about. I gotta watch Andor. I know <laughs> you too. must. You Me simply too. must watch Andor. Um, but but to go back quickly to the point about AI art being like this shitty thing for rich people. I think the reason that this AI is like feels so like good and pure 
is because it was spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Humans mm-hmm. didn't create this AI. It just like right. happened. They didn't yeah. create them to be painters and musicians. It right. just happened because they were studying humanity and they were like, oh, this is nice. This is good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's oh, man. Oh, man. <sighs> good game. I'm going to cry about robots again. I told my friend, I was like, oh, I'm going to cry about robots on Sunday. And she's like, oh, think about the Iron Giant for me. I'm like, I, I will not do that. Thank you. <laughs> Ouch. My heart. Man. Um, <laughs> incredible. But I think, and, and like, that's the thing, too, is like with, again, with going back to Horizon, like mm-hmm. having something that is supposed to be so impersonal actually like feel real because it is honoring something that is no longer there. Just like. It always gets me right in the heart. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's like th- this world moves forward without humanity, but also mm-hmm. partly this world doesn't exist without humanity. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like everything plays a part here um, mm-hmm. for better and worse. But, you know, it, it all plays a part and it's all equally as important. And I think this game is just does a really great job of illustrating that point. And uh, in a... Uh, a socialist fiction way mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which which i really love yeah um, so i'm glad to have played this game me too, me too. nice oh maybe i'll go back and replay it it's a short game i know it is a I short game see the thing is like just I, to go take a nap in i don't know if i'm emotionally going to be able to handle it but mm. it is it is a very like it is a lovely lovely game and i do really really i am very glad that I played it. It is definitely like, again, I didn't play a lot of video games this year, but it is like my game of the year. It is like yeah. the game that I'm like, this is the one that like when I think about, okay, what video games did I play in 2022? It's like it's Stray and Pokemon. And that's that's like what it is for me. It's a pretty good year of video games. Uh, yeah, honest. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think that's it. Yeah, I think, I think here you were like, oh, wow, we're not going to we're not going to have a very long. Yeah. It is two hours. AJ. Inserted something that we weren't going to talk about. And it was D&D related. Yeah, we started so talking about Tamagotchi. We started talking about Tamagotchi. D&D. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, Jill, thank you so much for coming on today. <laughs> thank you yeah, guys thank for you. having me. This was a delight. Yeah, it was, so it was so much fun. Um, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, uh, should yes, you want my work, them to? My, my lovely work, shitposting on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, if you want, I do mostly just like post memes on Twitter, but sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be real on there. Uh, it is <laughs> at plot underscore twists on Twitter. If you liked us talking about D&D and you want to play D&D with me, uh, <laughs> I am a professional GM. That is that is my job is talking about D and D and running D and uh, I'm on the website startplaying.games as the plotting DM, and I'm also a freelance writer. And uh, you can find me on kofi.com/plot underscore twists. Uh, that's pretty much where I spend my time on the internet now. Uh, and all those links will be in the show notes. Jill is a spectacular GM. Yes. You're going to make me cry. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. I know, you're good, too. AJ and I run a campaign together. Uh, okay, I play will. in that campaign. Kim you're both plays really in it. good. It's okay. very fun. <laughs> so don't just throw compliments at me because you both deserve them as well. <laughs> well, thank you. But we are talking about where to find your stuff. But anyway, uh, Jill, thank you again for, for coming on the show. Um, 
we'll, we'll have to have you back sometime to talk about another cat game, maybe. <laughs> I'll try and find one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much also to Scout Wilkinson uh, for our wonderful art. I love to see it. Thank you to Amaranthin for making the music. I love to listen to it. Thank you to The Worst Garbage for uh, hosting us and on the network. You can find all those links in the show notes. The Worst Garbage is the last link before the chapters. But also something that I have been forgetting to say. Thank you for listening. Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because this show doesn't exist if you don't listen to it. Uh, and we really, really appreciate everything that all of you who have had to say on Twitter, uh, on the Discord. We are at least one person's number one podcast this year. Yeah, wow. Um, Wait, I want to shout them out. Hold on. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, shout out to Lee Haradka on Twitter, who uh, we're apparently their number one podcast. Um, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, it's... I was blown away, honestly, um, to think that, that some people like our podcast so much i don't know i know that people do like our podcast because <laughs> people tweeted us and they talk about it on discord and whatnot but just like i know that's pretty cool to be cool. to be the number one to be the number one spot uh for someone for the year so thank you so much for that uh lee Haradka. and everybody else who listens also thank you so much for for listening and, and talking to us online and stuff um if you would like to talk to us online and stuff, we are uh, on Twitter for the time being at Async Pod. We're on Tumblr, more so now, uh, also Async Pod. Uh, I am on Twitter at AJ Falleri, on Tumblr at not AJ Falleri. Uh, and I am on Twitter and Tumblr at Okimmies. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you, Jill, one more time for being on the show today. Thank you guys again for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And Kim, what are our final words today? Just a question. Do you know how to go to the heavy side layer? I fucking, <laughs> I fucking knew it. I'll, I'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Worst garbage, the online.